This morning we are continuing on with our series on spiritual gifts and um, Bill is sharing with us this morning um, on the third part of our series. Um, So Bill, if you would like to come up onto the stage. If you don't know Bill yet, he is our associate pastor here at Emmaus Road. He is married to Nikki and they have three wonderful boys. Um, And Bill is just an incredible leader. He is wonderfully pastoral and um, we are just so grateful for him um, here at Emmaus. So... Thanks, Jess. That's very sweet of you. Um, oh, goodness, you've gone. He's gone, like his cable's gone, that's what I meant. Um, good morning. Ah, that's good. It's nice to hear your voice. Um, just before we start... I found as I'm getting older, I need the screen a little bit closer. Um, just before we start... Um, Yesterday, when I was sort of thinking about this talk and I was praying about this talk, um, I think the words we had this morning were so good and so on point, and you'll, you'll discover why uh, in a minute. But before we um, do that, I was um, just how I prepare for a talk is that um, I just love to spend time in God's presence and I love to worship and I love to. Uh, pray in tongues, and I go for a walk, and um, we've got this field behind a house, and um, it doesn't belong to us. Um, occasionally, people come to our house and say, what do we farm on it? Um, so I've got no idea. Um, but, um, but I snuck over the fence and went for a walk around the field, sort of half hoping the owner of the field didn't see me and shoot me or anything. But, um, but as I did, um, um, uh, sort of two people came to mind, and... Uh, um, I, just, I just sort of had them laid heavy on my heart. And uh, they, they don't normally come here, and I knew they were coming, but that, uh, it sort of came out of nowhere, really. And it's Les and Judith Moir, and they're, they're just up there. And, um, you know, the thing about Les and Judith is they are the most incredible friends. They have, they have like, the spiritual gift on steroids of friendship. And um, Les, Les works for a, um, for a, for a record label, and, he, and his job is to go and sort of, or was, I don't quite understand what he does now, it's very important, but is, is to go and encourage people. But you know there's people who are paid to encourage people, and there's people that's just who they are. And, and what, um, Les, what I felt God just wanting to say is that you... Um, uh, and I don't say this lightly or flippantly, but you have a reputation in heaven for friendship. And uh, he, he loves the way that you love and encourage and go way beyond what you're paid to do. You know, so much of the worship that we listen to is fathered by Les. Les is the guy who um, goes and encourages and just befriends and works alongside some of the, the, the best, um, best worship artists leaders that there are. And so we get to enjoy the fruit of that friendship, really, and the songs that are written and the way that he helps, connects people, and all that sort of thing. So you have a, I felt like I just wanted to encourage you that you have that reputation in heaven for friendship and that that is very close to God's heart, particularly at the moment where it could so easily, for you it's never been about money, it's been about friendship and God's presence, and I think that he really loves that. And, and Judith, his wife, has got this really amazing prophetic gift, and um, and again, it's just what's so wonderful about it is uh, when you get a word from her, you mostly you feel loved by God. 
And, um, and Judith, what I just felt like really simply is God just wanting to say that um, he wants to upgrade that gift, that, he, that he's going to upgrade it. And it won't be, that isn't about a technique, it's about what he's doing in your heart. And that you'll find that you'll say the simplest things to people and that God will just reach them and touch them in a way that will surprise you and will, will sort of ambush them. So I just want to offer those things to you guys, love you guys. Um, we're so thrilled that you're here this morning with Tom and Susie. So I've been really looking forward to talking about the uh, talking with you this morning, and I've been planning and preparing, as I said, and been um, spending time in God's presence and really enjoying that. And yesterday, what happened was, um, as I was planning, preparing, kind of two things happened. First of all, I got ambushed by Les. Not literally, but like God just kept speaking to me about Les and Judith. But, but also he reminded me of that word that Mike just shared with us about um, God wanting to teach us Spanish, not by doing a course, but by going to Spain. And, um, and, and I just thought it was really profound, actually. You know, the point of this, this series isn't that we just sort of do the series ticket off the box, but this is, this is what the normal Christian life should look like. And... Um, and if it's just a course we tick off and then we go on to the next series, we've kind of really fundamentally missed the point. And, um, and I found myself thinking, you know, this morning, it'd be so easy to give this really, or I say really good, good I could give a talk that's like high on concept, uh, that's slightly abstract. But the more I thought about it, the more I thought, I thought about what, you know, Mike, Mike's word was, you know, I want to take you to Spain. And, 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 and then um, God started saying to me, it's all about friendship. It's all about friendship. It's all about friendship. And, and from the outset, I want to remind you excuse me, that God's great invitation for your life is that you would be his friends. That is his great desire for you, is that you would be his friends, that you would know what it is to walk closely with him, to both share your heart with him and to hear his heart for you and for the people around you. The king of the universe, the creator of everything, wants to be your friend, so much so that he gave his son for you and for me so that we could step into that friendship and enjoy that friendship. You are the great desire of God's heart. I don't know if you've ever thought about that before, you've ever pondered that for a little while, but you are the great desire of God's heart. His desire is, is for you. He loves you more than you can possibly imagine. And he knows that so often... Uh, we struggle. Uh, I, what do you do when you run out of words, ways to tell him how much you love him? What do, what do you do when you run out of words to uh, praise him? When the Psalms can't even articulate the love and the worship and the awe and the adoration that you feel towards him? What do you do when you've prayed for a loved one day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, and all you've got left is please God. What do you do when you can't remember Psalm 23, where you don't have a Bible at hand, 
where you're in the middle of the night in the fight of your life, what do you do when, the, when there are no words? What, what do you do when you're in the middle of a situation that feels totally out of control? Where your mind's moving so fast you can't even begin to think of any words at all, maybe groans. What do you do? Our language is so limited, isn't it? I, um, we've got three boys, as you know, and um, they're all precious. Um, when our third one was, uh, when Zach, who's now 10, um, was, um, before he was born, he was massive, like Nikki. We've got these pictures of, sort of side on of Nikki, and she looks like she's sort of carrying a bus. Um, that's fair, that's fair, isn't it? Yep, that's fair. It was just massive, and, and, um, and we went into hospital um, um, uh, for, for her to be induced, and... Um, and uh, I don't know if you've ever been someone, you feel increasingly de-skilled by the language that's being used, where they start speaking in kind of like Latin. And if you're feeling anxious already, it makes you feel more anxious because you feel like they're talking about something in a way that they don't want you to entirely understand. So they started sort of talking in medical Latin or whatever it was, and they started talking about brow presentation, and we didn't really know what that was. And then somebody else came in, and then somebody else came in, and, and then they said, um, um, by this stage, Nikki had been in labor for quite a long time. And um, they said, your baby will not come out naturally. It's stuck. Brow presentation, uh, it was basically, rather than the head being engaged, the brows being, the whole of the face is engaged. So it's not, not possible to give birth um, uh, naturally. So they said, we're going to have to do an emergency cesarean. We think, okay, that's fine. Uh, you know, we, we've had lots of friends who've had emer emergency cesareans. Emergency cesarean just means we're going to do it sooner rather than later. So, um, you know, we all got our, Nick, I got my white hat on and my gown, you know, my gown on and went in with Nikki and it was all sort of quite jolly. It was four, in the, four or five in the morning. And, um, and um, we were chatting and I was saying, to the, uh, I got chatting to the anaesthetist, and the anaesthetist, their only job really is for the care of the patient. The doctors are there to do whatever procedure needs to be done. The anaesthetist, their job is to look after, the, to check the patient is okay. And, and I was chatting to the anaesthetist, and she said, oh, it'll be fine. So the only time you need to get worried is when I stop talking. Um, so they started doing this, um, d doing the procedure, and, um, and it was all going fine. And then what happened was the doctor said, I can't stop her bleeding. At which point, the anaesthetist went quiet. Zach is still, uh, had not, has not been delivered, so eventually they get Zach out, and Zach is blue, isn't moving, um, so they have to resuscitate him. And, um, and then the anaesthetist says, we're gonna, I need a blood transfusion, I need some blood now, and get him out. Him being me. So, the last thing that I, well, so I was basically ferried out and they, we took Zach up to ICU. He's fine, he's a healthy baby. Um, just turned 10, very cheeky. Um, and, um, and, and so the last thing I saw 
was uh, heard was a doctor saying, I can't stop her bleeding. We need a blood transfusion. Get him out. And so after I'd been up to ICU with Zach and we'd checked him in there, I just stood outside. And uh, emergency cesarean is supposed to take about 40 minutes. How long did yours take? About three hours. That was the longest three hours of my life. What do you do when you feel totally afraid? I didn't know whether Nikki was going to live. I didn't know whether she was going to die. I didn't actually at that point actually even know whether Zach was going to uh, live or die. And in that moment, I had no words. So what do you do when you're out of words? I have never been so thankful for the gift of tongues as I was for those three hours. When my brain couldn't compute uh, what was going on, when my heart was just all over the place, to be able to talk to God and communicate with God and know that even though I didn't understand what I was saying, he did, it was just such a blessing. How amazing is it of God that he gave us a gift that transcends our ability to speak language? How amazing is it that in those moments, whether it's a moment where we feel the most inexpressible joy and all we can go is, Wah! or whether it's a moment where we're lost for words and we're panicking and we're wondering if someone's going to live or someone's going to die, that he's given us this gift, the gift of tongues, to enable us to pray and to talk to him and to know his presence in the, the happiest moments and the darkest moments of our lives. So I just want to read a little bit of the Bible to you. This is from Acts chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost came, they're all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind from heaven came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard them in their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't these all uh, who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it each of us hears them in our native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them declaring the ones of God in our own tongues. Later in Acts, uh, during the account of Paul's time in Ephesus, uh, it says that Paul prayed for a group of new believers. And he said, and they, they were filled with the Holy Spirit and received the gift of tongues. So what is the gift of tongues? Let's just step back for a moment. The word tongues simply translated means a language not learned. Paul in, in 1 Corinthians uh, said that it could be earthly languages, and if you're into Greek, uh, the word for that is a zeoglossolalia, 
or it could be a heavenly language, and the Greek for that is just plain glossolalia. I know it's pronounced glossolalia because I looked it up this morning on YouTube. Glossolalia. Uh, One of the things that happens on Alpha is uh, we give people an opportunity to be prayed for and be filled with the Spirit. And, um, And oftentimes... Uh, one of the gifts that they, they pray for and that we ask God to give them is the gift of tongues. But, but what happened this one time is I was at um, my previous church and we had an alpha weekend and my friend Jamie um, started playing the guitar. He was a worship leader. He didn't just sort of pick up a guitar and start playing randomly. And um, he started singing in English and then he started singing something else. And, uh, and what happened was this woman in the room just started sobbing. And, um, and we found out later, like, Jamie like, can hardly speak English some days. Um, but what happened was in that moment, God had given him the supernatural ability to speak Italian. And what he'd been singing over and over and over again is, I love you, I love you, I love you. And there'd been a woman in that room who basically had been, had been um, uh, brought up, she was Italian, and she'd been brought up as part of the Catholic Church and had, had, had lost her faith. And she'd been on the weekend and she said, God, this is, your... she said, this is your last chance. Please will you show me that you love me? At which point, Jamie starts singing in Italian, I love you, I love you, I love you. And this was just, just what this woman needed to hear. She felt that God had spoken supernaturally to her through this guy with a guitar who could hardly sing in English, much less any other language. Tongues is often used during worship, and we call it uh, singing in the Spirit. It can be used uh, when praying, when we're praying and we're wanting to see breakthrough. In those moments where, again, we've run out of words. Paul puts it really beautifully in Romans 8, 26 to 27. He says, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. When we don't know what we ought to pray, the Spirit himself intercedes for us through words and groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. So the gift of tongues enables us to pray the prayers of the Holy Spirit with the Holy Spirit. Now, does every Christian need to speak in tongues? No. I don't know why you wouldn't want to, but you don't have to speak in tongues. It doesn't make you a better Christian if you speak in tongues, or a better Christian if you don't. But like I said earlier, if a gift is on offer that helps you to communicate and plug in and connect with God when we're out of words, I'm all, I'm all in, just me personally. Not all Christians speak in tongues. What I love about the gift of tongues is we're talking about the gift of prophecy, for example. That's something that takes a little while to develop, and it takes a little while to see whether you've got that gift and how that gift is working. What I love about the gift of tongues is it's really immediate. You pray with somebody, you you help them with that, and then they just start to do it. They can see straight away that they're praying in tongues. It's such an exciting gift. It's the only gift of the spiritual gifts that is actually given for our, for our edification rather than for uh, everybody else's. God has given us a gift so that we can con- connect with him, so that we can relate to him. So as, as Mike 
um, shared earlier, so that we can abide with Him. Because God is wanting to draw us into deeper friendship with Him. This is all about friendship. Remember that it's all about friendship. This is not supposed to be a high concept, abstract talk. This is about God enabling you to encounter Him and to be friends with Him. Paul loved the gift so much, he said, I would that like every one of you to speak in tongues. Now, just to set a little context around this, um, uh, Paul was, uh, a lot of what we know about the spiritual gifts, what we learn about spiritual gifts is written in the book of 1 Corinthians. And, in, and, and what had happened is the Corinthians just had really got into this. They'd really got in to the, the, the spiritual gifts, and particularly the gift of tongues, because they were desperate to be friends of God. And, and so what had happened is they'd slightly misunderstood the point of the gift. So rather than using it just in worship or, 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 or just in private prayer, what would happen is someone would stand up and preach a whole message in tongues. Whatever. And everyone else was sat there going, like, what the heck are you doing? And then someone else would stand up and, 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 and it was just chaos. So Paul isn't saying that it's a bad gift. He's saying that, first of all, if you're going to do that, there is a spiritual gift of interpreting tongues. So if someone's going to stand up and speak for 20 minutes in tongues, can someone please interpret? Public use, let's be careful. Private, absolutely. Worship, absolutely. So how do we get the gift of tongues? Well, it's really simple. We ask. You know, um, Jesus says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. The first thing you have to do is ask. Nick, just come up real quick. Yeah. She didn't know I was going to do this. I'm in a lot of trouble later. Fortunately, we're in separate cars, so she can't leave me behind. You okay? Great. So, so Nick, you, did, um, you, um, you didn't pray in tongues. Um, I'm just okay, how much trouble I'm in. Am I in a lot of trouble? Yeah. Okay. Um, story. Um, I'd, um, we helped an alpha quite a bit um, when I was a first Christian. And um, so the weekend came and the tongues thing. And I sort of just... I don't know if I had never asked or I hadn't done it anyway. I was like, said to Bill, I just, I really want to do this, but I feel really awkward. And um, I'm not a great singer anyway, so all of that. And um, so, so Bill just said, look, we're just going to, in the afternoon, was a break, we're going to go down to the beach, just you and me, and we're just going to sit, look out at the sea, and we're just going to have a go. You're just going to open your mouth, you're just going to, you might feel like you're sort of fabricating it, you're just saying it, but just have a go. And, and it did feel really awkward. Um, but thankfully, I was, you know, I was with Bill. I trusted him. He wasn't going to rib me in public um, later on in the evening. And, um, and that's where it all started. And, um, and it felt weird for a while. And I just kept going, kept going. And I'd probably quite quietly sort of in public, when we were doing it in church, I would quite quietly, I don't know how to do it, but I'm just going to keep doing this. I do it a lot in the car now. Um, I do it a lot at the moment, just because I'm in a challenging situation with my family. Um, but yeah, I would, it was very awkward, but it was, it's such a gift. And um, yeah, that's the beach story. Well, um, so language takes time to develop. We don't, you know, when we were babies, uh, well, unless there's probably someone here who this uh, is going to be different to this, but most of us start with like mama or dada and like develop from there. Most people don't come out with whole sentences talking about the meaning of the universe. There's probably someone here who did, and bless you, but most of us didn't. 
So language takes time to develop. And normally what happened with me is God like gave me a couple of words. And the more I prayed, the more words I got. To be totally honest, actually, what happened was um, um, I was in a little group and uh, we were praying and I started praying in tongues. And I noticed that my, one of my friends kept leaving the room. And, and, and after a while, I said, like, I hope you don't mind me asking, are you okay? You keep leaving the room. And what transpired was basically every time I prayed in tongues, he got the giggles. Because what he thought I was saying was, should have bought a Honda, should have bought a Honda, should have bought a Honda, should have bought a Honda. <laughs> Apparently, I did it sounding like a car revving up as well, which only made it all the more awkward. I, I now pray more than should have bought a Honda. But you've got to start with something. And that was what I got. I probably got shoulda first, and Honda came later. Well... I guess one of the questions that people ask me is, if I get the gift of tongues, will I suddenly lose control and become weird? Well, like, no offense, but some of you are weird already. <laughs> you're not going to become less weird. You're not going to become more weird. But, but when we get the gift of tongues, it's not like we get taken over by some alien force and suddenly involuntarily we start whatever it is that just doesn't happen because the amazing thing about the spiritual gifts is God gives them to us and we are the people who steward them we decide how and when to use them same with every other gift same with the gift of tongues so we work in cooperation with him we are never you're never out of control you know, I'm, I'm so glad I have the gift of tongues uh, for all the reasons uh, th- that, I, that I shared earlier. But also because what I found is, as I prayed in tongues, what happens is it enables me to encounter the presence of God as well, the goodness of God as well. Of course, there are, like we said, times when we're just we're thankful for, for good or ill of moments where we can articulate what's going on in our hearts. But what I found is, is that, that um, often as I pray in tongues, I encounter the presence of God and God does something else. If I was, if I, if I, when I was thinking about it, I thought, you know, like some of the profoundest moments I've had with God or, or that God has used me uh, to interact with other people have come as a result of me praying in tongues. And what happens is I pray in tongues, I become more aware of him. And as I become more aware of him, I become more aware of his voice. And as I become more aware of his voice, I begin to catch his heart. And as I catch his heart for somebody, I just begin to share uh, what it is I feel like he's saying. But it starts with connecting with him and using the gift of tongues. I've seen the gift of tongues. I, when I, pr- I, I prayed for some things for many years. And then it's, the thought suddenly occurred to me, what would happen if I prayed in tongues for this? And... Some things I'm still praying in tongues for, but there have been things that I've just seen breakthrough. When I stop trying to think of words to pray and let God do the praying through me, interceding through me through the Holy Spirit, I found that I've seen breakthrough either in something in my own life or in a, or in a situation that I've been praying for. It is a, a good gift. Every good and perfect gift is given uh, to us by God, and this is a gift that's given for us. So that we would know him more. So that we would be his friend. So I've talked for long enough. What we're going to do. This is the bit I 
I'm really looking forward to is we're going to give it a go. So what we're going to do is we're all going to stand up. Look, I just want to stay from the outset. If, the, if you feel deeply uncomfortable by everything that's going on, like bless you, feel free not to stand. I'm not going to ask anybody who doesn't want to stand. And uh, like, if you don't want to participate with this, engage with this, I totally respect that. Feel totally free to, uh, to uh, do the crossword or Sudoku in your head. What we're going to do, the worship band are going to come up. And one of the best ways that I know to step into, the, into, the, into, into, into this gift is, first of all, we're going to pray and we're going to ask. But, but then uh, what I found what works really well is we're going to start to worship. And then after, this is a trick I learned from Sam's dad, Sandy. Um, then what we're going to do is um, we're going to start singing in tongues. Now, those of you who sing in tongues already, it doesn't matter whether you think you're a crow or a nightingale. Sing loud. And the rest of us uh, who, who may be wanting to step out in this gift, let the words begin to form on your tongues and then just give it a go. We're all friends here. Nothing should, there should be nothing awkward about this at all. Who's up for it? Great. Okay, good. So Simon's just going to start singing and, then, uh, and playing. And then what's going to happen is we are going to... Um, I'm going to start singing the Spirit... Um, and then feel free to join in. As the, loud, the people who are more confident sing loudly. The people who are less confident sing quietly. The people who'd rather not sing don't sing. And, and we'll work it out as we go along. Go along. But I'm going to pray first. Father, we want to thank you for your goodness. We want to thank you for your presence. We want to thank you that you give us gifts. Thank you for all the spiritual gifts. Thank you for the ones that we're going to learn about in the next few weeks. But thank you for this one. Thank you particularly for this one, Lord. It's the only gift that you have given us enables us to engage with you, to draw close to you, to know your presence. It's the gift that you've given us to draw us into deeper friendship with you. It's the gift you've given us that helps us in and with you. So we ask now, Holy Spirit, that you'd come and that you'd move amongst us. Thank you that perfect love casts out all fear. We want to pray for each person in this room, whether they know you or whether they don't, that they would, they would know that you're good. That you only have good gifts for us. So would you give uh, each one of the, the gift of tongues? Now we know the deal just says if we ask we receive so some of this is about faith is is about stepping out and believing that we've been given this gift so Simon's going to start singing and then what will happen is I'll take over I'll start singing and this is where you get to activate the gift that we believe that God's given you okay